Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. The Law Enforcement Today Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Many are using the term epidemic to describe the current problem of drug and or alcohol abuse in the United States. Virtually everyone we know has been negatively impacted by this problem. Yet for so many that are experiencing the devastating effects of drug and or alcohol abuse, they don't know who to turn to for help. Who can we trust to care for our loved ones? Transformations Treatment Center is one of the most respected, ethical, and professional drug and alcohol treatment centers in the world with a strong focus on individualized care, offering a wide range of holistic, specialized, and medically supervised treatment programs. We know that many of you have questions. Take the time to call Transformations Treatment Center for the answers. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Or go online to transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from New York area, we have Mark DeMeo on the phone. Mark is an interesting character. He's a retired NYPD detective. He's also a stand-up comedian and actor and one of the hosts of the very popular Police Off the Cuff podcast. Mark, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Very much appreciated. Hey, what's up, Jay? Thanks for having me, man. Very it's a, excited. It's a pleasure. I was on their show quite a while ago with his co-host, Bill Cannon, who's also retired NYPD and also a comedian. And uh, by the way, where can people get more information about you? Your body of work is pretty incredible. I've been around a long time. <laughs> that means you haven't died yet, which is a really good thing. Uh, when you're from New York and you make it to 53, it's, it's, it's a cause for celebration. I'll tell you that. Especially nowadays, Especially was, isn't it? Yeah, I was a cop for 20 years, and when I was growing up in New York, it was kind of sort of the way it's getting back to now. Yeah, we'll, go, we'll talk about scary. that in just a moment. I just don't want to miss out an opportunity for people to get information about where they can find out more about you. Okay, well, um, I came on the job in 1992, and I started my acting career uh, doing theater probably uh, about a year after that, and... Then I started stand-up about two years after that. So I've been acting and doing stand-up for probably 23 to 25 years. In the meantime there, I appeared on a lot of shows. Uh, the Jury, uh, Law & Order SVU, FBI's Most Wanted, uh, Della Ventura with Danny Aiello, a bunch of features, uh, films. Now I'm up for a feature f- uh, role in a, in a film that I don't really want to talk about right now. Okay. But uh, if, if you're out there and, and you want to wish somebody good luck, Send it out here for me in New York. I can use it. Oh, well, and do you have a, a website? Uh, well, first of all, the podcast, you can do a Google, Google search for a police off-the-cuff podcast or just go to letradioshow.com, the Be Heard tab, the LET Podcast Network. It's right there. Uh, you guys put on a, a good show as well. Yeah, Bill and I uh, are friends from the job, and we reconnected after we retired, and we both had a, a vision in mind, which was uh, that – Police officers and first responders in general really have a phenomenal uh, library of stories. And 
a lot of times, Jerry Seinfeld said this, what happens to the jokes when the comedian dies? Well, what happens to the stories when a police officer retires? Who does he tell these war stories to? Who does he hang out with? Who does he have fun with? Who can he relate to upon retirement? Well, we wanted to create this forum to memorialize these great stories and so that you can bother your grandkids with them. Oh, really? You didn't think I was much? Here, listen to this podcast. <laughs> that's great. So that's what we set out to do, and that's what we, we've been doing. We're about, I'd say, 85 episodes in. We are now going on Patreon, which is very exciting for us. Uh, and for those who don't know about Patreon, it's for all the fans that have followed us if they want uh, special content maybe a couple of merch, uh, some merchandising gifts sent to them and, and really feel, feel like they're part of the family. We've opened up the, the Patreon. Very, very excited about that. And we've also expanded the show to not only just include law enforcement and uh, police officers, but we've had a bunch of prosecutors on there. Um, we've also had medical examiners and uh, uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, anything that has to do with law enforcement we, that's that's what we specialize in. We want to create. We wanted to create, and we have created an environment, especially in these days, where law enforcement can feel good about themselves. They can go have a, have a laugh, you know, listen to positive stories and things that have happened. With the exception of me, most of uh, everybody that we've interviewed has gone on to prosper once they retired. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've done fairly well for yourself, uh, to be honest with you. We were delayed in getting this interview with Mark because. He was off vacationing in the Hamptons. So don't let him fool you. That Don't let him, don't buy into this, I'm eating ramen noodles and living off mac and cheese to survive thing. Because he's not, he's doing pretty good. I'm doing all right, but compared to some of the people that we've interviewed, I mean, I see the houses now that we're doing, we've had to do a lot of the interviews over Zoom, which uh, I didn't think was going to work at first, but it turns out it's a blessing because we've get, we're getting to uh, talk to people in Los Angeles and in Florida all over the country, including yourself, Jay. And it's really been a, a, a blessing in disguise because it keeps us uh, it keeps us working and we get the chance to talk to people from all over the country. And uh, we're doing an international one with uh, a lady from um, Ireland. So that's that's on our, our, on our schedule Would coming up. Would that be up. our so friend Amanda Coleman? Now. Yes. Yeah, yes, she's great. She, you were on with her, yeah. She's I'm phenomenal. Great that. person. We'll, we'll have to have her back on the show again. we got to talk soon about some other things. One of the things that I think sets you and your partner, Bill Cannon, apart from so many other police-related shows, podcasts out there, is that you have a serious tone. There's a time for seriousness, but you also have one of the things I miss most about the job is a sense of comedy. We have a unique sense of humor amongst us. Yeah, we have. That's one of the things that we wanted to capture was how great people that have to deal with it. You know, there's a, um, we call it a defense mechanism. When you see something horrible on a daily basis or a weekly basis, it could affect you. So, how do people first respond to, um, respond to that? How, how could they avoid suffering, you know, real long term PTSD? Maybe it's about, you know, cracking up a little bit, not taking it so seriously, not getting it letting what you're seeing and what you're dealing with get so deep inside you. A lot of that comes through humor. And that's what we bring to our show. Both Bill and I are stand-up comics. Bill is he's a professor as well, and he's, very, he, like, he's the experienced guy on our show. I'm kind of sort of like, I don't want to say the slacker. I, did, <laughs> I was a cop for 20 years, 
But um, I'm not getting a, a medal of valor. Let's put it that way. I, <laughs> I made it to the finish line. I made a, a bunch of arrests. I did what I had to do. But um, I was always uh, a little bit more, let's say, uh, uh, lenient. Not lenient, but just the easygoing. Gotcha. Not, not taking it too hard. And, and, I, and I like to laugh. And I pretty much joke around all day. It, that sense of humor is something we all need, and I, I believe you're right. It's a coping mechanism. It's a defense skill that we acquire after a while. Uh, one of the the examples is we had a a standard procedure. It was unwritten that when you were a sergeant or lieutenant and you had a bad decomposing body call, we'd call all the rookies out, fresh out of the academy, to come to the scene because they learned how to work these scenes. They had to learn how to do that that disgusting part of policing. And I remember one where's the bottom of a bus station. There's a lot of water on the ground and the person had become moldy and I was forcing myself to eat pepperoni pizza in front of these rookies and they were vomiting. And that was part of what we did and people thought we were cruel, but there was a method to our madness. There's only one official Facebook page. What you do, you do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. Click like and follow. There you'll find updates about upcoming episodes of the radio show. You can contact me. We also find unique, one-of-a-kind editorials and news articles. That is our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Be sure to click like and follow. This is Law Enforcement Today Show. We are talking with Mark DeMeo, retired NYPD detective, stand-up comedian, actor, and host of the Police Off the Cuff podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Don't miss the huge Back to Blue and First Responders Parade and Rally in beautiful Key West, Florida, Friday, January 8th, 2021. Active and retired law enforcement officers and other first responders from all over the U.S. and the world, bagpipers and more, will all be at the great Back to Blue and First Responders Parade and Rally in Key West, Florida, Friday, January 8th, 2021. Get more details on the Facebook group Back to Blue and First Responders. That's Back to Blue and First Responders group on Facebook. And get more details here on the Law Enforcement Today Show. This portion of the Law Enforcement Today Show is brought to you by Mr. James Mather from Synergy Financial. Did you know that 30% of middle-class Americans say they're living paycheck to paycheck? As a former law enforcement officer, James Mather will always have your back. For free information about insurance, retirement, college funding strategies, and much more, go online to MrJamesMather.com, spelled M-R-J-A-M-E-S-M-A-T-H-E-R.com. Again, that's MrJamesMather.com. Return conversation with Mark DeMail. Mark is a very, I think the term is a very overused, a renaissance man. He is a retired NYPD detective. He's also a stand-up comedian. He's an actor. And he's one of the hosts of the very successful Police Off the Cuff podcast. And when I say renaissance man, the only thing missing from that is the typical definition of someone who cooks and does art. Do you do that? I do. Uh, I used to write graffiti when I was a kid. <laughs> that doesn't uh, Not on trains, not on walls, just kind of <laughs> in a book. We exchanged them in schools. But I, I, if you put a pen and paper in my hand and you put a, somebody trying to teach me something, probably going to zone out and start doing my graffiti. <laughs> well, that takes me back to 
seventh, eighth grade. That's where I started getting in a lot of trouble. I'm going to say a lot of trouble. I was the kind of kid who didn't do his homework, didn't pay attention in class, was daydreaming, was sketching, was looking out the window. And that was probably all the reasons why police work was perfect for me. Were you that kind of kid too? Yeah, I had trouble. I think, I guess, like you said, uh, paying attention for a long time. I seemed to understand and get it, and I could listen to the teacher, absorb the, the material, but as far as staying focused, eye contact, I had a doodle, I had a draw, I had a write, and that's how um, I, I went through school, and I realized at some point that you know going to college or doing well in college is probably not going to be something that I would do. Yeah, so I, I majored in drinking in college. That's, that was my downfall, and one of the things you mentioned earlier in the interview is that there are basically two types of police. There's a real gung-ho, go-getter guy, which I was. And then you had what you use the term, you said slacker or lenient. And we use different terms, a little more laid back. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I used to think, Mark, that I wanted to have a squad full of guys just like me. When I say guys, I mean men and women. And then when I got promoted sergeant, I realized, man, that would never work. I've got to have people who are good report takers. I've got to have good admin people. I've got to have some people that can just slow the wheels down periodically. So that's not necessarily a negative. Yeah, you can't have um, – your cowboys are great. Cowboys are great to have in your squad. But you can't, if you're a sergeant and you're in charge of a couple of cowboys, you know you got to watch them. You know you got to pay attention to them because you don't want them – going over, <laughs> over right. tilting you know, too much. Right. So you reel them in from time to time. And then you have the other officers, you know, that they go out there and they do their job. And, um, you know, the, that's, the, there is a difference between. And obviously then, then there's the empty suits. Uh, I was in the middle there. I was closer to the gung-ho guys. And if I got into a car or I jumped in or I had to work with a different partner for a couple of days and they were really into it and they wanted to watch a phone booth and watch hand-to-hand sales then yeah, of course, I'll, I'll do it. You know, I'm, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to work with you. So you were what we but, call real police. That was a term we used in Baltimore. Uh, it, you you weren't the cowboy like I was, and you weren't, well, we used the term hump. You weren't that at all. You were somewhere in the middle, which is really where we want a lot of our, our law enforcement people to be. Yeah, I think you have to give credit to the guys, or not just the guys, the officers, the men and women who, you know, you need those people out there that it's like almost like when you watch professional athletes and you see somebody diving for a ball that, you know, 99.9 of the other players, are, they're not going to dive for it. It was, And then you, you appreciate that. But then that guy's out for the rest of the season. Right. Because you got hurt diving for a ball in the, in the second inning when nobody was on base. It wasn't necessary. And you need, you need the other players on the team because that guy who's going full tilt every single play He's not going to make it to the end of the season. And that's why you see a lot of the cops who are the Cowboys that I'm talking about, career shortened. Yeah. You know, uh, they, they have uh, injury, three-quarter injuries that they can't, they can no longer perform uh, at the level that they have to perform. So their careers get cut short. God bless them. You know, that's the way they wanted to police. That's what happened I was a little bit more cautious. That, that's my point. It's like, I'm not jumping across a roof. I'm sorry. This isn't TV. I'll go downstairs, take the stairs. You know, we'll we'll walk across the the lobby, and then we'll we'll go up to the to the roof on the other side. I'm not jumping over a roof. And I don't blame you. And I, I think a big part of that misconception people have, because so many people are so critical of police that, well, he didn't care. If he cared, he he or she'd be doing this because they see what happens on television and they think that's reality. 
Yeah, I, I joke around a lot about that. Um, the, the cop that, uh, you know, the two cops that get breakfast and they're sitting in the car and they're ready to open up their sandwich, their breakfast sandwich. They open up their coffee. They're ready to go. And then the emergency call comes over. And what do they do? They throw the coffee out the window. They put the sandwich in in in, in the garbage, and then they take off to nine one one to the call. Well, uh, we're going to go to the call, me and my partner. But I'm going to wrap up my sandwich. I'm going to cover my coffee, and then we're going to put. The, then we're going to go. I mean, it's not it's not the movies. It's like you know, relax, easy. We'll, we'll get there. Not every call is exactly how it comes out over the radio, anyway. Not, so, most of them aren't. Most of them are nowhere near as dramatic. And that's another misconception that I would love to get your point of view on. We watch Hollywood. And when I say Hollywood, I don't mean just mean television shows or movies. I mean social media and news as well. They have this this extremely slanted, I call it biased, presentation of policing in the United States. Especially agencies like New York. NYPD is, is one of the largest in the world. And they set a lot of the tone for what happens here in the United States. Yeah, I think uh, so I'm curious to see how law enforcement is be, be, uh, be betrayed um, in, in future films now, in, in future TV shows. I would imagine it's not going to be something that most of us retirees or members of the service who are still on the job are going to be interested in watching. Because I could just imagine it's going to be, uh, you know, everybody's going to be a bad cop. Yeah, the, well, it's going to be... At one extreme, we had Prince of the City. Are you enough to remember that show, that movie? Yeah, of course I remember okay. that movie. And, like and the other yeah. was the Serpico. And then we're going to have the French Connection guys. And somewhere in the, in the middle, the reality is more along the lines. Uh, people ask me, and I don't watch most television shows, they say, which one do you think is most realistic and your favorite? And it's a toss-up. Barney Miller on one hand, and the other one would be Hill Street Blues. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I had a show solo show that I was performing. I, I did it at the Fringe Festival, and I used to tour with it. It was called 20 and Out. And it was basically a funny, you know, hour about my career as a police officer. And one of the story, and, and, and the story was based off of music and all my TV, my favorite TV shows. And the two that you mentioned were right in there. Barney Miller is the best squad show as far as I'm, if you want to know what it's like to be a detective in, in the squad, that's what it's like to be a detective. Watch Barney Miller. And if you want to know what it's like to be on patrol, Watch Hill Street Blues. Both of them, I think, show both sides of, of policing. And I, I, like you, am kind of hesitant and, and fearful about what Hollywood and how Hollywood was going to portray policing in the United States. And the truth is, I watch a lot more BBC content about policing than I do in the United States because it seems to be far more accurate, especially when you talk about character development and the type of people that are law enforcement, whether it be in Ireland or England or somewhere else. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We are joined by Mark DeMeo, retired NYPD detective, stand-up comedian, professional actor, and one of the hosts of the Police Off the Cuff podcast. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Finally, our heroes have access to a world-class program for PTSD, anxiety, depression, and more. The Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for substance abuse, addiction, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Plus, they offer complete treatment for mental health issues for those without substance abuse problems. In addition to multiple rehabilitation and holistic treatments for all those suffering from substance abuse problems, the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformation Treatment Center is a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program where law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the separate and highly specialized treatment they need. 
got questions, they have the answers. At the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center, call 888-991-9725. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at helpforourheroes.com. This is Law Enforcement Show, John J. Wiley, that's me, and I'm joined by Mark DeMeo, that's the guy on the phone. Mark is retired NYPD detective, and he's also a stand-up comedian, he's an actor, and one of the hosts of the Police Off the Cuff podcast. You can do a Google search for Police Off the Cuff podcast, or Mark DeMeo, or just go to letradioshow.com, the Be Heard tab, LET Podcast Network, and you will find it there for sure. We were talking about television shows and Hollywood's portrayal of police. I'll give you one for a good example. This show, Copland, this movie with Sylvester Stallone. I wanted to like it a lot. I didn't. I thought it was so stereotypical. And so, especially when it does a portrayal of New York police, it was so, I mean, it was like cut out of a dime store rag. It was not good. I didn't like it. I thought it was shallow. I didn't care for it. But a lot of shows nowadays, I just won't, won't, don't watch. Are they that you won't watch? In regards to Copland, I, there was a place in New Jersey where transit police officers could live. Because in in New York, you're you're restricted. If you want to work as, as a law enforcement officer in New York City, you, you have to live in New York State. But there was one loophole, and I think it had to do with the transit district, that they were still allowed to live in in New Jersey it was and that that so that whole movie has the basis of it is a reality there was a town somewhere that a lot of uh, was basically occupied by police officers and you can just imagine that a lot some of the stuff in the movie may it, it probably not the best of living arrangements cops need to get away from each other when they go home yeah. so that being said, I didn't care for the movie at all. I, I didn't. I just didn't like it. I thought the script was horrible. I thought, um, I, I don't know. That's it. I just didn't like it. But I was thinking about PD Live and what a missed opportunity that show had. They succumbed to the pressure uh, of this cancel culture, fearing that nobody would want to watch the show. The reality is, if PD Live had the, they would have stayed on air and they would have been in the three major cities. Minneapolis, Portland, New York, or you could pick Chicago or L.A. You could get three other teams working, and every night you could do three, four, five, six hours, one hour from each state, and people would have been riveted. They would have been watching every single minute of it. A&E would have been the only channel people would have been watching. So if you're an executive in A&E, you're an idiot. Yeah. Well, I read somewhere they lost 50% of their viewers when they canceled that show. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 100% of the viewers. These these channels that survive, not the major channels, but channels like A&E, a lot of them survive off of one or two hit shows, and they fill the rest of their viewership with uh, shows that they buy. So you'll see PD Live at night, and then they'll run, for just for argument's sake, we mentioned Barney Miller, they'll run that 15 episodes a day, or Jerry Seinfeld, 15 episodes a day. But they have some original programming. And A&E missed out on a, on a golden opportunity, and uh, it's, it just so happens that we're living in a time right now with this uh, cancel culture where people aren't smart enough to realize, okay, let's just say for arguments, uh, the, the country's divided. 
then I, I have my rabid fans over here, and rabid fans will stay with you until you die. Those are the ones you stick with. That's a PD live show. Anybody who's interested in anything that has to do with the police department is going to watch. And then he would have invited all the other people that are not getting the news they want or not seeing actually what's going on there. Now we can watch it. Now we can make a judgment for ourselves. I think you're spot on correct. And so many of these channels, uh, and I'm not going to single them out, but on the other hand, Investigation Discovery Channel is one of the most successful channels on cable, especially with advertisers, especially with uh, women 25 to 54. And a lot of what they do on television, I try to model for radio with the Law Enforcement Today show. And the reason why is because there's no other platform for law enforcement officers, victims of crime, and radio to tell their stories as it actually happened from their perspective. Yeah, the victim is going to be a forgotten person from from here on in for a while because it's not something that anybody's interested in hearing about. You know, because in all these states where we are just having riots every single day, protests, riots, there's there's businesses that are never going to open again. There's there's people, homeowners that have to bail out because they're they're being occupied right now. That's not the way they wanted to live. They're losing money. The people get hurt in the in the middle of that. And go to the CDL, the chess. It's you know these stories are not told, and with a specific purpose because they want to. I, I don't. I, I couldn't tell you. I'm not smart enough. It's yeah, above Mike Paygrade to figure out why why they don't just put a stop to it. But that being said, the victim is a forgotten is going to be forgotten right now. It's not the time for the victim anymore. And truth is, there's so many of them that. I've had on the show, and when they tell their stories about what they went through, it's certainly horrifying enough. Whether they've been a, a law enforcement officer or, or just someone who was uh, outside the profession as a victim of crime, the instance of what happened to them is horrible. But when they start talking about what they went through to get to their new normal afterwards, I'll be honest with you, Mark, I find a lot of inspiration in that. And I find a lot of things from their stories say, well, if that guy can do that after what he went through, then I can certainly apply some of that to my own stuff. Yeah, I, I think, uh, especially since there's such a young movement right now, we're forgetting that the reason why we have police is because there's people who can't defend themselves for one reason or other. Either they're too young or they're too old or they're physically not capable of it. That's why law enforcement exists, to help the people that can't help themselves. That need that otherwise they would be trampled and run over. They're, everything would they would be uh, just victims constantly day by by criminals every single day. Yeah, and, and so, we look at our going back to Hollywood. Look at the films, the movies, the shows about the Wild West, the gunslingers, and the, the need for the old lawmen like the Wyatt Earps and the Seth Bullocks and uh, Bass and all those great characters or real people. And then look at. New York City, your city. Uh, there was a show I started watching. I think it's been canceled. Uh, I think it was called Copper. And it was about Irish-American police after the Civil War in New York City and what they went through. And, of course, there's a lot of Italians as well. And that's how they got their stake in, in society because they couldn't find work elsewhere. That's interesting. And as well, you take um, the Wild West, Obviously, people went down there for the gold rush. They went to get away from the laws and what was happening, I guess, in the north of the country or the, the south and the east. They, went, they wanted to head west where there was no laws and they could set up their own stake and they didn't have to pay taxes. 
and God bless them. But once they got out there, they realized, oh, wait a minute, this guy's better at using his, his, his firearm than me. Right. Well, these guys are together as a group, and no matter, even though I'm by myself here and I came out to set stake, and I don't want any rules or laws, I just want to be free, these people are going to, every time I make a dollar, they're going to steal it from me. So that's when law enforcement had to also join them out west. That's when they started calling for them and saying, please, we need help. And obviously, at first, they didn't want, like, uh, you talk about copper. Copper, you know, it didn't, the New York City Police Department wasn't always the way it was. There was a municipal police department. There was a metro police department. The two were separated. And some of them had to deal with, uh, you talk about gangs in New York, when, when we're seeing how New York City, the, the, the worst probably more, most dangerous place to live in the world at the time was uh, the you know the, the, those five corners downtown yeah. in New York. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, in the 1970s and 80s, I used to go visit family in, in New York all the time and it was a battle zone. You didn't dare go to, to Times Square. You didn't dare ride on a subway, especially at night. If you haven't done so already, please download our app. It's 100% free. We got versions for your Android and iPhone devices, 100% free. You can download them today at our website, which is letradioshow.com. That's letradioshow.com. Be sure to get yours today. And when we return for our conversation with Mark DeMeo, retired NYPD, also a stand-up comedian, television and movie actor, and one of the hosts of the Police Off the Cuff podcast. We're going to talk about concerns about lawlessness in New York and other major American cities. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Are you wondering where you can find more great podcasts? Head to letradioshow.com, click Be Heard, and discover other fantastic podcasts like this one. Also available on our free app, all at letradioshow.com. We have a new podcast. It's called True Crime Fighters Podcast. Yes, it's another true crime podcast, but a little bit different. There's a huge amount of interest in true crime stories, but very little is told of the heroes that fight horrific crime. Whether it be law enforcement officers or everyday citizens, we tell their stories on the True Crime Fighters podcast. Do a Google search for True Crime Fighters podcast, subscribe today, or check us out on Facebook. Do a search for True Crime Fighters. Back to our conversation, Mark DeMeo. Mark is a retired New York Police Department detective. He's also a stand-up comedian, professional comedian, not like a guy like me. And he's also an actor and one of the hosts of the very popular Police Off the Cuff podcast with his partner, Bill Cannon. Before we the break, Mark, one of the things we were talking about is I have this big concern. And I see the news about the welfare of New York and New York City. Because the way New York City goes, a lot of other major cities follow. And right now, where I live in Palm Beach County, Florida, the real estate market is on fire right now with people from New York City. Leaving the city, saying they're never going back. I can work remotely from somewhere else. I've seen news articles about the mayor and governor begging people to come back from Long Island to the city. And I just think what it used to be like when you were a kid. When I was a kid visiting New York, I remember being there for the senior trip out of Virginia, my high school, we're doing a circle line tour, and I saw a dead body floating in the water near the Statue of Liberty, homicide victim. And it was literally, you took your life in your hands going outdoors at night. 
Yes. Yeah. New York was a lot different when I was growing up. One of the difference that's happening right now when you talk about the, the mass exodus is that the commercial real estate has been abandoned. So it's actually worse because crime was something that we got used to in New York. It's hard to explain, but you just knew what neighborhood to stay away from at what time. And if, if you did frequent, you did for some reason go in that neighborhood and something happened to you, people would just say, well, what were you doing there? You know, you shouldn't belong there. And there was a, the neighborhoods basically were divided by races also. So now you have that problem, which is, you know, people are, are just in fear of that they're going to be a victim of a crime. But then you also have, because of COVID and the shutdowns, a lot of people realizing that they can work from home. And if I can work from home or I'm going to be working from home three out of five days a week or four out of five days a week, then why am I paying such a high price for this apartment? You know, I don't need to, to commute anymore. It's not saving me to commute because I'm not commuting. Right. So you have, that's where the mass exodus comes from. And that's the scary part because, you know, New York City and all these major cities rely on tourism. They rely on restaurants, people going out to restaurants. They retire on Broadway, which is also closed. They rely on the hotel business. And it's just, uh, it's a really scary thing to see right now. And, okay, so Palm Beach is going to get a mass exodus of New Yorkers, but there's going to come a time where these New Yorkers, they're going to get antsy. They're going to get used to, you know, they're going to remember, oh, I used to be able to go over here and grab this, and now... How come this store's not open? It's only 2 o'clock in the morning. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. there's, a, there's something you get used to about being in New York City, having, being able to, available, everything's available to you 24 hours a day. And when you leave, it's not like that. So those people that are fleeing, they're doing so. God bless them. I wish them the best of luck. But maybe, you know, you stand here and fight. We get this mayor out of here, or we try to anyway. We have uh, this, the reform, the bail reform destroyed us. Because, you know, you arrest somebody and they're literally out in the street. That was a running joke that the guy, the guy's out before I finish my paperwork. Well, now this is a fact. Yeah. We can time it. We can see it for a fact. And also um, the diaphragm law. The diaphragm law, basically from uh, the result of, of the George Floyd murder, is that if a police officer kneels not just obviously on somebody's neck, that they're trying to apprehend, but also on their back or anywhere in their upper torso, that um, they can be held, uh, held responsible for that person. Even if they're not injured, they can be arrested. So, you know, that's a pretty scary situation that I'm going to be arrested for just trying to subdue this person who's resisting arrest. I think what we need to do is uh, maybe maybe some of these people need to, you know, stick it through and, and, and stay here and fight. And fight. This is our, you know, who, look at when are we going to do land. that? This is where we live. When, when are we going to do that? I, 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 I yell to TV periodically, like, when are we going to take the kid gloves off and say, no more? Well, the people that are fleeing, too, they're also the people with the most money, resources to be able to flee, flee out to Long Island, which is a suburb of New York, free upstate, get out of the city. But you're fleeing, which is kind of sort that. of, I, you know, I, it, it falls within your character. You're obviously not a fighter. Right, but you know, the, the people that can fight, was, it's we we put we tie one hand behind our back. Look at our cops, for example. So many of them, and every, so many I've talked to from New York 
are like, we are afraid to do our job because if the person resists at all and we have to use any kind of force, we could get locked up. You know, especially like most people, especially in the big cities, uh, you're looking at personalities with, with, that are driven. They have a, a goal, an, you know, a, a dream that they want to accomplish. They're, they're, they're constantly moving towards a direction to attain something. And now you're asking them to be on top of everything that's going on in this news cycle, political and otherwise. And a lot of these people, they don't want to waste that brain power on something that doesn't benefit them, really. So what do they do? Wait a minute. Everybody's hating the police right now. Why? Oh, because they killed that guy. Okay, yeah, just put me down for hating the police. Anyway, yeah. and they go back to what they were doing, you know, rather than like, you know, this is an important thing right now, you know? Oh, my God, look, it, it, because downstairs in, in, in Manhattan from the skyscrapers, when they were breaking into all the stores that, you know, the commercial real estate, the, uh, the, the jewelry stores and the liquor stores, and the, while all this rioting was going on here in the city, that scared the of these people. Because they realize the only thing that's holding me back from somebody breaking into my apartment is the one doorman downstairs. So we don't have the security. Um, so either they had to create something, which I always believed through the beginning, because this is too much of a coincidence that all these major cities are pretty much embarking on the same thing, that they want to push the people that can afford it to hire their own private security, and they want to scale down on the budget and the responsibility for these heavy municipalities. And rather than sticking around and fighting, these people are fleeing. Because fighting would mean to, you know, to hire a, a secure, you know, private security company that's going to take care of these hundred blocks over here in, in Manhattan. And that's, that's what I think they were going for. That's my idea. They wanted more money to give away for free. I, I think you're probably right. I think a lot of these big cities are so fearful of civil liability that they are, a classic example, you train a cop to do their job, this is what you do, this is how you use force, and they follow procedures, and they get sued anyway, and they settle, and they settle for large amounts of money. And that's a liability that they just don't want to bear anymore. And unfortunately, I think the people who are going to suffer are not the wealthy. It's the people like you and me and and lower class economically who don't have the option of leaving. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. I mean, where am I going to go? And plus, you you talk about the comedy. The, the mecca of comedy is here, right here in New York City. If you're a comedian, you're either here or you're in L.A. Both yeah. of them are, is uh, you know, both of these cities are being destroyed. Also, Chicago is another uh, a big place for comedy. So is it a coincidence that wherever there's freedom of speech, that your voice is being stifled, that they're shutting down your cities? Because that, that is part of it. I mean, Broadway's closed. All these nightclubs are closed. They don't have a date when they're going to be open. For some reason, you know, nobody's fighting about it. I, I don't understand. I, I would be willing to you know, stand up and fight. I mean, I'm not going to go and protest because that's not my style, but I'll do it from home. I'll, I'll, I'll sign a survey if you want online. If you there want. you go. Just kidding. <laughs> We're quickly running out of time. Before we leave, let's let people know where they can get more information about you and all that you do. Well, my name is Mark DeMeo. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Also, um, you know, Bill and I, we have the podcast. It's called Police Off the Cuff. And we're also on YouTube, anywhere that you can hear uh, a podcast as well. Spotify, iTunes, Anchor FM. And we're moving on to Patreon right now. 
and that'll be under the uh, police off the cuff. We are not only doing interviews right now, but for our Patreon behind the wall. And if you join us, you'll be able to have access to what we're doing right now. We're going to do true crime stories. We're asking that law enforcement, uh, police officers, detectives from all over the country, if you have an interesting case that you want to uh, let us know about, maybe we can have you on the show and we can do a step-by-step uh, crime story and uh, figure out how, we, how it was solved, or maybe we can help you solve the case and get the word out there. And that's what we're going to be doing with our Patreon subscribers. We're going to give them true crime stories as well as extra episodes. So that's something that we're very excited about. Mark DeMeo, thanks so much for your time and for being a guest on the show. Very much appreciated. Thank you, Jay. Thanks for having me. God bless you, your family. One of the questions I get all the time is, how can I show my support for law enforcement? Well, we're all busy, but there's something very simple you can do with Facebook. When you see a post that you agree with, that you like, share it to your page. It's just that simple. And one of the best places to find great posts about law enforcement, our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Click like and follow. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today Show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya.